Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam and Joel for another episode. I, you know what? I don't know what this episode is because we don't know if we're doing any particular category of discussion, but we're going to talk about the Kung Fu craze today. We're going to talk about King Boxer. Um, King Boxer is the 1972 film that basically instigated the Kung Fu craze in North America. It's not the first Kung Fu movie, but it's the one that that really helped get the ball rolling, or so many people say. Um, and it stars Lolier. It's got all of the basic elements of a of a kung fu craze film with the good school and the evil school and a tournament, but a lot more going on in between. And even even like a pretty well constructed love triangle, I would say. Um, you know, it, it, it's uh, it's it's notable too because the audio for when uh, the technique that the main character uses is triggered is an audio uh, sample that they used in the Kill Bill movies. It's that like siren wailing type sound. Um, so it's a very classic film. Um, I don't know, do we need to give the breakdown of the plot or do you think that was sufficient for the purposes it's, of our discussion? I mean, that was the breakdown of the plot. It's okay. super yeah. straightforward plot. Um, so yeah, so I don't know, what did you guys think of this movie? Cause it's been a while since I've seen it. So last, I watched it again last night and you know, I tried to watch it last week and uh, I ended up, uh, having disputes with my wife over the volume. So uh, it was good that I was able to watch <laughs> that, it last night. That Kill Bill siren whale sound can get pretty annoying. And it, it crops up infrequently, but often enough that it can really uh, put a spike in the old audio. So um, I I liked this movie a lot. Uh, I was surprised. It, it It is really just kind of what it is. It's one of, I think it's like you said, it's like the originator of the Kung Fu craze, more or less. Um, and so like, yeah, this is a good school that they're just good guys. There's nothing really complicated about them. There's a bad guy school that are just the worst kind of bastards. Um, and that's almost like that's like the driving force of the movie. If I had to say like what it's about, there it is. It's just it's so straightforward. You almost feel like you're leaving something out when you describe the plot. No, there it is. But it's great. Um, it's, it's great because like, um, and, and me and Adam were talking about this, whenever you dipped out for a little bit, uh, earlier, Brendan, the movie's so efficient, like every five minutes of this film is like an entire arc of something. It's like, and it's not rushed, you know, it's, it's beautifully balanced. So every five minutes you either have a new, interesting plot element added in, you have yeah. one considerably moved along. You have one complicated or you have one resolved. So like every picosecond of this movie is necessary viewing. There's no fat yeah. on it. It doesn't feel rushed. It's just, it's marvelously complete. So it's very, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I, I just, I was completely, I was absorbed in this movie is what I'd say. I couldn't put, take my eyes off it. One thing I was paying attention to this time is there's like, this movie has to achieve a lot because a lot of movies would start with this guy already being in the school. Do you know what I mean? So they don't mm -hmm. have to deal with you <laughs> sort of going on the journey of him entering the school, then becoming a top student and blah, blah, blah. This movie starts from square one where he is sent by his master to join the school. And it's very interesting how like you said, it efficiently uses its time so that everything feels like, yeah, this is the believable moment for him to now be handed this manual. This is the believable moment for this to happen. So by the time all of the really crazy stuff starts to crescendo, you believe the characters are where they're at and doesn't feel like there's been like an exposition bomb dropped on you or anything. And I, th I thought that was really interesting just because again, it doesn't start with him as a student in the school itself which would have shaved off a lot of the, you know, need for that. Um, and that they were still able to build up all that and have all of the, because again, it is a very simple movie, but it actually has a lot of scenes, a lot of, you know, a lot of important twists and turns, a lot of different characters trying to do different things. So, you you know, you have, you have him, you have him and Ying Ying, the love interest, you have, you know, him, building up towards the tournament at the end, but you also have the jealous rival at his own school who goes on his own like crazy journey yeah. by the end. And then and of course, by having him having that other, having him arrive at the school later and join, it makes him this interloper. That the, yes. jealous, you know, the jealous guy was the top student and now he's pissed that this new guy has come along. So yeah. that's another right. reason that works very well. It all interlocks. And that also interlocks with the, the, the singer story. I can't remember her name, but uh, was it, uh, 
Jan, was that the name of the singer? Yeah, Jan. Um, yeah. yeah. He meets the singer, and then this love triangle develops between him and Ying Ying, kind of. But also the jealous rival is jealous of Jan as well. Yeah. And then she reconnects with him by the end in this really interesting, like, I almost find what happens with him and Jan a little bit more interesting than what happens with Lolier uh, at, at the climax of the movie, because they, they have a really yeah. cool fight scene uh, where he's blind and she's directing him. And I just... I don't know. I just really enjoyed that. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's really wonderfully grim and, and just gritty and great. Um, because, yeah, yeah. When when Zhao Jihao shows up with his iron palm or whatever it is and just lays <laughs> waste everybody, that's a satisfying scene. But it's not gritty. It's just a it's a complete beat down. Yeah. Yeah. And and then they do. I mean, like one of the things I do like about his character, number one, Lolier, he it's really interesting watching Shaw brothers movies over time. Cause if you start like in the mid sixties where, you know, Lolier is just starting out in movies like golden swallow and stuff like that. He looks a certain way, but then by this point he's developed a lot more and you get to see him becoming more of the character actor that it'd be, you know, he's kind of good at playing villains, that kind of thing. And in, in this movie, I think he brings that perfect balance of like the, being a good protagonist who you, you want to like, but there's this brooding quality to him mm-hmm. that isn't, it's not like in the dialogue so much. I mean, there's elements of it in the dialogue, but it's just kind of present in his expressions and things like that, where I don't know, it just, it makes him more interesting. He's not, uh, yeah. he's not the, he's not like the simple vanilla hero that he might look like on paper. If you show somebody the script, if that makes yeah. sense. Well, yeah, yeah. the, the perf- Lola's performance here is really impressive because he develops a character and, and early on, he's pretty straightforward, but it's always clear that he has this like this internal life that he doesn't quite yeah. share with anyone. There, there's something going on below the surface, and there's there's cogs and wheels moving down there. And whenever he gets his hands broken, like halfway through the movie or so, that it gets externalized. Yes, you know, yes. and and suddenly all of his emotions are just everywhere, and he's explosive, and he's lashing out at that singer, and it's great. It's so damn good. Yeah. I do wish they'd spend a little more time on his recovery because basically as soon as he makes up his mind to recover, he's better. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know what it is? Nice That's to... the efficiency. Cause if they didn't, cause it's yeah. very one armed swordsman, like where he's, yeah. he's, he's nursed back to health by a woman. And I think the crucial thing about that recovery is number one, him going through this process of, Oh no, I'll, I'll never fight again. But also he's making a decision about Yan or yin yang during that, that moment too. Cause there's also that part of the conversation that his uh, friend has with him when he when he finds him. So I you know I, I don't know I I, I, I I'm kind of with you. I think it could be longer, but at the same time the, the movie's what an hour and thirty seven minutes. So it's probably yeah, it's super efficient. Yeah, so. yeah. So it, I I feel like if they extended that, there'd be this draggy middle that might have mm-hmm. occurred. Well, I, but it would have you could do that, or you could have done the thing where he has like there's something about his recovery that left him with mm-hmm. some weakness that could be exploited. That would have been good to see. It would have added a little more tension to the last part of the movie where he's just crushing everyone <laughs> with the with the iron fist. Like yeah. th- there was no tension in that for me. I knew he was gonna well, kill everybody. I would say when he's dealing with the samurai, not the samurai the um the Japanese judo instructor who's trying to who's using the um the katana. Um, I think that that scene felt a little bit dangerous to me. The scene when he's fighting the, the bad guy from the other school, you know, that that's that felt yeah, fairly. Yeah. Um, well, the, the guy actually kills himself instead of fighting him. So give you an that, idea that was interesting, though, wasn't it? Was. That was <laughs> cool. I, again. Yeah. I think this movie had a lot made a lot of interesting decisions because uh, you expect when they go back to the school. So there's a tournament and at the tournament. Uh, what's his name? Tian Fung, the actor. Who's he playing? Mung uh, um, Sanye. Is that the name of the character? Yeah, Mung Sanye. Uh, so, uh, and he's he's a great actor. He played um, he played uh, Lee Khan in the Fatal Lee Khan. He's been in a lot of movies where he plays these kind of characters. But he's here he's truly villainous, and he stabs the rival master when he's going to congratulate him after the tournament. Oh, what and, a bastard! But what's good is you expect the next scene to be Lolier showing up to get revenge. And instead, it's the blind guy who's like the Judas character being yeah. direct. And it's just it's such a it's it's a clever twist because it's not like it's not like this complete 180, but it's just not what you're expecting. And then when Lolier does show up, the guy just kills himself and kind of takes the the vengeance, the ability for him to get revenge away. So um 
you know, I, I don't know. I find I find all of those decisions interesting, and then and then the 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 real final battles with the judo instructor. I think he was a judo instructor. Um, you call him a head assassin too, because he kind of was kind of in charge of what were effectively assassins. Yeah, they were they were they were like the so like the evil school recruits these Japanese guys to come and kill on their behalf effectively, or at least to maim their enemies and blind them. Um, you know, they're pretty ferocious. Uh, the but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just I, I thought that it made a lot of interesting decisions, and also cinematically. I think it made a lot of cool choices. There's this, you see this in some of the movies, but something about the way it's done in this film where everyone's in a, like most of the fights when the guys are sort of charging at each other, it's done at an angle. So it's POV, but it, sorry, POV, but in, but in an angle. Right. And every once in a while, there's one that's coming straight at the viewer. Do you know what I mean? Like some guys, you know, punching or kicking and it's coming right at you, but it's really fast. It's not like, it's not like a very long shot. And I found the way that it would use that and that it would kind of create a rhythm with them where sometimes it would do that more intensely and in faster sequence was, uh, I don't know, it just made you feel like you were being attacked, but you didn't know why, because it was so quick. Um, you know, so I really liked the way that the film was shot too. Uh, yeah, the, the cinematography on this one is on point. It, it's never intrusive and sometimes it's, it's really remarkable like you're talking about. Mm -hmm. It, it does a good job of transporting you into the middle of a dangerous situation. So I like that. Um, I, I don't have much to say for it beyond that, but it does do a really good job of it. It, it. I think that sometimes the best kind of cinematography is the one where you really, you don't comment on it because it's feeding you information so efficiently that it doesn't call attention to itself. And this, yeah. this is that. Like, again, there's just such a beautiful efficiency to the way this movie's put together. Yeah, the director, I think his name is Cheng Cheng Ho, and I don't think he's someone that you don't hear mentioned as much as like Cheng Cheng and stuff like that, but he's got uh, a couple of other movies that he's done that I really like. Broken Oath is um, kind of like a Chinese remake of Lady Snowblood almost, but with Angela oh. Mao. It's really good. It's, it's not done in the way that Lady Snowblood is done, but it's that same basic sort of premise, but with, with Angela Mao. So it's a very interesting... Uh, film and the other one that I really liked that he did was Heads for Sale, um, which I haven't seen in ages, but it was a very fun movie. Um, Usually, yeah, I you find some wacky movie like that and show it to me, it becomes my new favorite thing. Chinese yeah. Ghost Story did that. Well, Heads yeah. for Sale, I saw the title and I was like, I have to see this movie. Like, that's, that's some so. some movies, you know, that that's just the way it is. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was well shot, um, but I don't know something about those shots where it's coming right at you. And again, I don't know anything about film editing, so I don't know the language to use, but the the duration of those shots really was impactful on me because um, it kind of took me a second to realize why I was getting like I was getting defensive every time, you know, like whenever those <laughs> would happen, I would feel defensive. It was like it was provoking me. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, so I don't know what uh, what other. Uh, uh, things about the movie did you guys notice? I, I really like how restrained they were with the super martial arts techniques. Like it's it's like ninety nine percent just train hard, and learn the forms, and fight like a normal like insane person. And that one percent that this the super punch, uh, I want to call it the iron fist. Like I think in the version I saw, it was called the iron fist, but I think it's I've, I've seen different versions where it's got different names, so I don't know what the official adam in the booklet that you got what did they call the technique did they give what's, the what's our official name for the the iron fist technique the iron fist because it's more of a palm iron fist, technique right iron palm was what they called it in the in the subtitles but i'll check oh, oh, okay. on the one i saw it was iron fist i think yeah i think because i i watched the dubbed version of all things yeah, um and i think they said iron fist there too and i think probably it is actually iron palm um, and I know that some versions of this movie are called like Five Fingers of Death or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah Five Fingers of Death. So, and I yeah, guess the, the synopsis the, doesn't name it, but uh, I guess yeah. that the literal translation of the title is Number One Fist in the World. Um, you know, uh, I don't, again, I don't know uh, if that relates to the technique at all, though. Um, yeah, it could just be about being the, the punchiest of all punchers. Well, because it's a tournament, right? So he's trying yeah, yeah. to become the yeah. So maybe but, it's a double entendre. I, Chinese does that a lot. Like it'll it, of all languages I've ever encountered, Chinese is the one that's like 
the best slash worst for like layering in like I don't even want to call them puns. They're kind of like like meaning and references. Chinese One is thing awesome I know they that. they can do that we can't is because it's a tonal language. They can have <laughs> words that have the same sound but different tones, and that can create like a pun effect that you wouldn't be yeah. able to do in English. Yeah, um, in Japanese sometimes you there's you hold a vowel for a different length. So it's like okashi and okashi. Or it's like or candy okay. and crazy. So you can do like puns on that. And stuff. Okay. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, but I don't I don't know about that stuff, but I know that like I you know what you're saying that like the one of the cool things about this story is the main character is instructed to not use the technique unless it's like a life or death situation. So at the main yeah. tournament, we get the, we get the siren, the sound effect of him. You, every time he uses the technique, they give that sound and his hands kind of glow. Like they get like yeah, a like red, bloody red. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting. And also, I like that that kind of foreshadows what happens to his hands midway through the movie, too. Because like, because he keeps getting these flashes of red on his hands and then his hands up the getting smashed by the bad guys but he's given this instruction to to not use it unless it's like life and death and so even though he starts to do the stance and you get the sound effect during the tournament he doesn't use it and you almost think by the end of the movie oh we're never going to see him really (laughs) really use this the way that it's meant to be there's like you know one fight scene midway through but he's not at his apex then so it's Mm -hmm. not quite you know you want to see him in his full glory um, and, and you're even led to believe that it, it's not going to happen because the main oh, yeah. bad guy kills himself and you don't realize that the judo guy is going to show up because you don't know the result of that fight between him and the other guy. So they just do a good job of, I don't know, like laying all these pieces in place and, you know, yeah, they, they make you wait for the payoff with that fist. Yeah. But I, I like that it's instead of it being just the payoff, they give you the payoff eventually, but instead of it just being the payoff, they tease it and they make it part of his character to know the iron fist. Like he, he learns it because he's morally responsible enough to use it when it's the right time. And even though he's tempted to use it to win the tournament, he doesn't, he wins the tournament legitimately yeah. without resorting to his super move. It's great. You know, uh, this, man, I don't want to compare everything to star Wars, but that's a kind of a star Wars <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah. It's attempted to use the dark side, but I, da, 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 I like that, you know. It's, well, I it's also, Star Wars of Star Wars made sense. One thing I really do like about this movie is the way they emphasize character and martial arts and how the head instructor, the way that he the way that he tests his character is he kind of humiliates him in the beginning by giving him all these menial tasks and he does a vaguely Miyagi type thing where it's like they, this is one hundred percent Miyagi. Yeah, he's he's kind of training him while he's doing these things. He's you know, throwing things at him. He's giving him tasks that relate to what he needs to learn. That does kind of give it away, though. The second he's like, hey, heads up, and yeah, throws, like, yeah. that beam of wood at him, and he's like, what? I don't know, maybe he just hated him. You know what I mean? He's like, hey, you know, <laughs> I don't like you. I'm going to pelt you with this, uh, this spear I'm going to pelt you. Um, yeah. Not today, buddy. <laughs> Once again, that this goes back to this being just, like, the perfect meat and potatoes version of a kung fu movie in a respect. It's like everything in it is... There's nothing entirely shocking or surprising in it, but everything is just done, executed so well in this movie that it just comes together. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a you know really well done. I, and again, I, I love the the way that the um, that he's given this technique because he has the character to to, yeah. to use it. And the way something about the way that the the instructor tests him just worked for me. Um, yeah, the, the test. One of the things that's smart about this movie is that it, it's it's logical. It follows like a chain of reasoning that all holds together. You know, mm-hmm. I tested you by humiliating you for a year, so so that I knew for a fact that you had the kind of self discipline that would allow you to use this technique only when necessary. And then he demonstrates that later on. Yeah, great. Yeah. You know, it's it's simple, but it's clean and clear and makes sense. A lot of movies now. I think I've gotten kind of bored with movies nowadays because they want to be so clever and they keep twisting and untwisting and retwisting I watched glass onion recently as in case you couldn't tell and i, I actually i did i did like glass onion it's it's not bad it's a little modern um it's it's a ryan johnson film but it's ryan johnson doing something that's in his wheelhouse i like looper is, so you know yeah no looper's <laughs> fun uh and glass onion's like it's not exactly a sequel but it shares some characters with uh knives out which was also pretty good okay. um and and it's a fun little romp Kind of, 
Because it does the Ryan Johnson thing where he like twists, then untwists, then retwists, then untwists. And it's like, okay, look, this isn't clever. You're just not giving us all of the information. And mm-hmm. you kind of twisted yourself to the point where it doesn't make sense for anyone to act like this in any circumstance. Oh, I see ever. what you're saying. These I people are yeah. completely this these people exist to serve your twists instead of the twists. You know, yeah, these characters are all very consistent. The, the, yep. the yeah. guy, the guy who gets blinded, has a fairly consistent drive through the whole movie, um, and they do a good job of making it subtle at first, so you don't realize it's going to manifest as a form of betrayal. Um, you yeah, just think, it, oh, he's it, an it aggressive like pettiness and jealousy. Well, as far as as far as Lole's uh, humility, too. I mean, the only reason he wants to go and learn this he, he's perfectly content to stay where he's living marry mm. the girl he doesn't feel the need but it's it's his master saying look we need to do this because if you don't do this these jerks are gonna win and they're gonna take over yeah. the, the jangu so it's like he's he's you know he's, he's set up with very humble reasons for doing everything even before he's tested by uh master son so it, it's everything is very consistent with the characters i found mm. No, and I like I like the emphasis on humility because that like I, I like you know I know Joel you've done some traditional martial arts and I have too and like humility is often like one of the first things on the like you usually have like a list of commandments or precepts and humility mm-hmm. is usually on there towards the top. Um, well, I mean, so, like because especially considering like where it all came from, like you're you're giving someone a lot of power to use however they see fit yeah. at the end of the day. You're giving someone a loaded weapon with a lot of martial arts. And so, like, the first thing you want to know about someone's character is, are they going to use this to, yeah. to do horrible things? So, yeah, it's wise to test that. It's just that's just good yeah. policy, man. Well, and this movie's explicit about that because this exists in a world where the martial actors are, if they win the tournament, they're, you know, it's it's more than, it's not just a trophy. There's like a social element that's significant that flows from that and whoever wins the tournament is going to have power right and so like that's that's the the master's big fear at the beginning he's like if some jerk wins he can go and bully the local population or whatever so and yeah. the school that their rivals against are bullies there's yeah. nothing complex about it they use power poorly to get their way that's it. Yeah, you know, and they, and they're and they're a little clever about it. Like the 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 headmaster is good at sort of concealing oh, man. his motivations when you know, he's very <laughs> yeah yeah you know. He, I love the scene where the the guy shows up. He wins the the strongman contest with the Mongolian. His hot headed son uh, <laughs> goes and fights him, and they start to ruckus. And his dad comes in like, whoa 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 whoa, yeah. wait a minute. And just uses the soft approach. He's like, come yeah. on in, buddy. Have a drink. You're our guest. And immediately that guy is his loyal minion for yeah. almost the rest of the movie. Yeah, this guy was about Jeez. to get attacked by his son, and he completely turns it around. But that that's the sort of thing I had in mind. That, that, that's great. And just, just how suave he is about it. And also, I mean, you know, you know, Tian Fung, he's very good at playing these kinds of characters. He can play a wide range of characters, but I love when he's playing this type. Um, and here it's, I don't know, he just... He's just like a, a perfect villain for the movie. And it is, again, the Kung oh, Fu movies, they're over the top, right? Like, it's like the evil school and the good school. And mm-hmm. the son has, what, what, what's the term for the the face that must be punched? The face that needs to be punched? <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. got, yeah, he's he's got that. That's something else that I like about these films is like the face casting they do. Like, they just always get the right person. They find the, the right, right face. Yeah. Well, this, this movie yeah. is exceptional with that. Talk about yeah. face that wants to be easily like that little thing in his mouth. He's like, yeah, he's got that <laughs> smug look on his face. And you're like, oh, I want to put a fist through your entire body. Well, it was funny as I'm watching it. I'm thinking to myself, like, this guy's probably like the nicest guy in the world in real life. It's probably like the guy that's like playing the hero that's a jerk or something. You know what I mean? Like, you just never. But no, it's true. I mean, that's that's a thing in acting. You know, people talk about it. it's like the people that play the best jerks are often the nicest people because actual jerks don't. They don't get mm. the things to do in her performance picture because they're oblivious to their jerkiness. So it's okay, like, it's okay. like actually that tends to be true. Yeah, yeah I often wonder about actors, that because I, I know some actors. Most jerk actors, super sweet, like just this <laughs> kind, soft-spoken, conscientious, thoughtful people. And then you put them <laughs> yeah. in front of like a stage or a camera, and they're like, "Yeah, I ate that kitten. What of it?" 
Yeah, whereas the jerk, the actual jerks that are people that are jerks in real life, they want their characters to be really likable, and they're because why well, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that because, uh, you know, people reveal might, yeah. what I'm really like. Yeah, I can see <laughs> but, that. I can. You know, but going going back to the movie though, it's the thing I like about this villain with the other school too is that you know, as you mentioned, he's really good at pulling these people in. He like pulls in the guy from the other school. He pulls in that thug to work for him. But because he's so disloyal and treacherous, it's like those are the people that destroy him. It's like he 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 takes it for granted that he can manipulate people, but he he. He has no, you know, there's, there's no loyalty behind that false facade of loyalty, and that's ultimately what destroys him. Oh, yeah, that's a good, another good point of contrast, too, a subtle one, because the true loyalty that's inspired by the other teacher is, uh, is a lot deeper. That guy yeah. only has one Judas, and ultimately that Judas comes back to him and mutilates his enemy, so. Yeah. Well, and the, it's, the betrayal is interesting, because the, the guy who betrays, it's like Adam was saying, like the the, the the Judas character himself gets betrayed by the evil schoolmaster. And so it's a, uh, I, I was thinking about how shocking that scene is. Cause I, I think they've already killed somebody by that point. Right. Was the killing of the student before That's the before. blinding scene or after yeah, the, yeah. the killing of the student is right after they introduced the Japanese okay. assassins. So uh, there's which that, so, it's a turning point in the movie, but I mean, that, that's definitely like, you're like, Oh, the stakes have gone up. But what's weird is, they kill somebody, but what really shows the level of stakes to me is the guy that's working with them from the inside gets blinded, and something about that seems particularly cruel to me. You know, it just seems like another there level. is something really cruel about the way they they're not like they're killing students, but they break the one guy's hands and they just leave him alive. Like they're like, nah, mutilate him, let him live mm -hmm. with his shame and pain. And like whenever you see someone living after they've been kind of ruined as a martial artist, it's it's pretty heartbreaking. So since you see the the ongoing effect of their cruelty, like the dead guy, okay, he's dead. But you don't yeah. see like his family grieving about him or anything. His troubles are over. Guy whose eyes are plucked out has to deal with that for the rest of the movie and the yeah. rest of his life. It's pretty miserable. Well, and he's a character you're rooting against. That's what sort of, you know, surprises me about it is that they get me to feel something for this guy that, I don't want to feel anything for because he's been betraying the the school yes. for you know up for a large part of the movie up until that point, and then I'm rooting for him when he's getting revenge. I'm like this guy's despicable, but like something about the magic of him joining up with the singer lady and getting revenge in that <laughs> moment, it's like okay, they're bad, but like they're the right people for the job. Like this is definitely <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. You can't read it too that he kind of learned his lesson. He understands the importance. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you, you that this is what happens when you just go along with the people and, and have no loyalty. It's like it, it comes back to haunt you. It's That's like true. Yeah. And in fairness, the singer lady, she's not her, she's not done anything wrong. She's been a good person the whole movie. Yeah. But, no, that, that is an interesting thing with the love triangle element. It's like they you know, they don't they don't put their thumb on the scales and go, OK, let's have a scene where she reveals herself to be a total jerk. So it becomes yeah. an easy choice for him at the end. Or well, yeah, because like a legitimate choice between two fine foxy ladies. Well, because yeah. a lot of movies will make her like the evil seductress. That's just like trying exactly. to get him at any cost. I was, yeah. Yeah. And, but she, she seemed a genuinely nice person. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she, she nurses him back to health. She's willing to like build a life with him even though he's like maimed both his hands and he can't fight anymore so it's yeah. a it's it, it, it like you said it presents a real choice for the main character but it also it presents two real like i don't know there's it's it's not like it is in a lot of movies like i was saying where there's an obvious choice and a not and, and one that he's obviously not supposed to pick and and yeah. here you don't really know oh i could see him like you could see another version of this movie where he picks the singer and he's like, well, I know that I grew up with this girl and all this, but this lady nursed me back to health. And we had this moment on the road after I saved her. So my heart belongs to her now yeah. or something. Right. So it totally yeah. could. You, you could even like further go and like have him do have the trader guy do like a 180 and have this guy teach him iron palm and be like, you have to yeah. win the tournament now like this. There's lots that of wonderful ways. This, yeah. Wouldn't yeah. it have been? And like it would have been perfectly in line with this. So it a really great movie sometimes you just need a solid premise and to execute on that premise well yeah. and that's what this movie yeah. is you know it's a solid premise it's well executed and because 
because it's a solid premise and because you have competent actors and good direction and clever cinematography and efficient storytelling, like you could see all these other versions of it. It's mm. great. Yeah, no, that's definitely, to me, I agree. That's like the hallmark of a good movie because the the characters, again, they're not, they're, they're fleshed out the way that characters are fleshed out in a martial arts movie. So it's, you know, it's done in a different way, but they're fleshed out. They're, they're, you, you, you can, you could, you could see this movie going in different directions based on the information you've been given about the characters and you could see it still being a good movie going in those directions. Um, what do you guys think of the fighting, by the way? We haven't really talked about oh, fighting. Good fighting. Good fighting yeah, the, in this movie. The, they knew not to overstay their welcome with the fighting, mm. too. Like yes. they, they got that fighting was cool, but there is a certain length when it has gone on too long. And it's just, I yep. throw a punch. You throw yeah. a punch. The, the longest scenes of like continual fighting was the tournament. And they managed to keep it snappy. They managed to yeah. do back and forths with it. Uh, interesting reversals of fortune. They managed to put in character moments. Yeah. So, like, they they knew to keep the fight rich with more yeah. than just the the business of throwing the punches, you know? So, yeah. so really well-constructed fights in this one. I like the way the fights were edited, too. I like that, like, you'd see, like, a guy lunge in, and then he's flying through the air, and then he's landing, yeah. you know, and, and that with the sound effect, it just all works. Sometimes it doesn't work as well. Sound was they, this movie. Yeah, the sound of this is very excellent. I would agree. This is like a perfect, uh, perfect sounding martial arts movie, in my opinion. Um, yeah, the, the punches land with a really good, solid impact. And like another great thing about the fights is that there's no two fights that are quite alike. You know, yeah. sometimes mm -hmm. there's fights between equals. Sometimes it's not clear what the levels of power of the different fighters are. You know, sometimes there's clever tricks that allow you to get a, a one up on the fighter. You know, like whenever he's fighting the the main goon, what was it, the big thug, uh, Chin Lang. Um, yeah, at one point he challenges him. And it's it's kind of clear that the the big thug's like out of his league, but he's been observing how he fights, and he's like, you know, he always leads with his forehead. But the top of his head's a weak point, so he bops him on the top of the head, disorients him, and wins the fight and humiliates the guy. Um, and that's really great, uh, you know, because like they, there's no two fights that are quite the same. There are some that are just savage beatdowns, like uh, and like, there's actually two that are pretty savage beatdowns. These are a little bit samey. The first one is when he gets his hands wrecked because at first he's like holding his own against this army of dudes, but eventually the numbers just that's a, catch that's up a good fight him. though because of that because he's winning initially. Yep, and it's and it's a super lethal so fight. Knives are involved. And yeah, then, it, he, stakes are high. Yeah. I think a, a, one of the main bad guys gets killed in that scene, and it's almost like not even it's not yep. even addressed after the. Uh, like yeah, he died. Yeah. It was a high stakes fight. There's good. Uh, there's good acting within the fights too, which is part yes. of it. Like going back to the very first scene, like when the old master gets ambushed by all those guys. Well, you brought you talk about the knives brought. When the knives come out, you just see this look on his face, and he's like, "Oh, okay, this is." <laughs> you can you can read it. This is uh, one of those like, fights, huh? Yeah, rather than just <laughs> just throwing knives out, going, "It's gonna make it scary." the actor conveys it in a way that makes you you feel it more and you're like because well, at that point in the movie you're like is this guy just going to get killed and that's going to what's going to set things off yeah, you don't know they're like physical performances that are almost more like stage acting or silent yeah. movies the way that they do them um yeah and it, i i like that because like the scene where the guy gets blinded there it's almost like it's it's like out mm. of a silent movie where he's like twirling around like oh god there's just like a melodrama yeah. to the aftermath yeah. that's very yeah. effective um, and the same with it, because I noticed it not in that scene that you're talking about, Adam, but the scene in the um, the tournament, I was noticing that the ref was using his eyes to, uh -huh. to emphasize certain points. And I was just like, those those eye performances are very compelling to me. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, th I think, the again, the physicality of the performances overall, uh, almost to an exaggerated degree, is what makes it yeah. really work for me. Um, yeah, they, they know how to exaggerate enough, I think. It, it never goes clown shoes, I don't think. It does get a little close to goofy territory, but I, I've seen Wuxia films where it kind of goes full goofy. You know, they, they, don't, they don't know when to stop the, the overemphasis. This one is, is restrained enough that, like, you get the best of both worlds. You get enough that it's emphasized, but not so much that it's, it's a circus. So I, kinda, I have to admit, I kind of like the overindulgence in the... Uh... Uh, like some of those '90s movies get yeah. get into that territory. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan, but when it's done, when it's intentional, I think like you know, I think that's well, it's, it's 
Yeah, uh, it's a matter of consistency of tone through the movie, too. I mean, if you've been fairly grounded and then it goes really over yeah. the top, it can look weird. I mean, it just depends where is the movie aiming, I think, yeah. a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, well, a lot of these 70s Shaw Brothers movies do have a very consistent tone. They're very good mm-hmm. at sort of, you know, you know, keeping a tone throughout the film. And when they do get when they do get gonzo, it's not done in a it's done in a way that's like darkly humorous more than just yeah. straight up comedy usually. Yeah, um, there is a little bit of an element of the comedy, a little bit of element of comedy to the guy poking out the eyes of the guy that poked his eyes out. Uh, <laughs> it's a little bit goofy, but like it's grim because his eyes has got tore out. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, and the way that the way that scene is shot is just beautiful. Really? I love the you know like the woman just saying like to, you know forward to your right, forward. To, you know she's giving was, all yeah. these instructions. It's. I was like, oh, man, I want to watch these two characters go off and do things now. That's, we don't get that's, that because they die. They yeah. unfortunately yeah. meet their, their uh, fates there. Well, that's uh, like I was going to say. I feel this is one of those movies where you could watch other characters and have an entertaining movie. I mean, like, you know, Chen Lang. It's like, oh, the, the big thug guy. It's like, yeah, I, it'd be fun seeing a movie with him as one of the main characters. Yeah, I agree. Is he the, he's the one that fought Bolo at the beginning? Is that yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Well, what's good about him is um, he he's got this look where he can be the bad guy, but there's like a kindness in his eyes that pays yeah. dividends when he's like, "Oh, I've seen the error of my ways, and I'm not going to work with these guys anymore." And I I definitely would have I an alternate version. He doesn't get beheaded by the the judo instructor. He. Uh, you know, he, he goes off on his own adventures or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's that's another way where, you know, as you say, there's consistency. It's like he doesn't get lured into the bad guy camps like we're bad guys. We're going to do bad things because the, the master comes down. It's like, oh, you know, don't mind my son. And, you know, wines and dines him and is very friendly to him. So it's like it's not like it's not like he was brought into the evil school. Or where yeah. the evil school. He just kind of. Got well, pulled in. I mean, he and is, the turning he point is, for him is the eye plucking. The, the eye plucking. Yeah. Scene yes. Yes. You can exactly. see it in his face. Well, um, even even from a selfish perspective too, it's just like, oh, okay, this is how they treat people. They just bring in that aren't part of the family. Okay, I should remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's. Uh, I don't know. And also the the body count of this movie. This is like a very. Yeah deadly martial i just just for the kind of movie it is like obviously there are martial arts movies where more people die but so so many of the named characters are killed by the end of the film and they're dispatched so mercilessly do you know what i mean they're not yeah. given like a an extended death scene it's just a swift yeah. blow to the head and they're gone um i find when movies do that it i don't know i i i kind of like carnage ridden movies where characters that you've grown attached to are murdered you know it just it just uh it 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 makes the final battles a little bit more moving and you 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 don't know what to expect you wonder oh could the hero also perish if all of these other characters are being dropped like flies um yeah there's a real this movie's good at not allowing you to predict it in that way you know you don't know who's safe and who's toast i think there's enough foreshadowing you can kind of see it especially with the guy gets his eyes plucked out i think there's an element of the doomed that kind of hangs around him after that but i mean like Mm -hmm. uh same thing with uh his his first master like Ever since it was revealed in the very opening fight that that guy is kind of like he's losing his edge, he's getting cut against the the blade of weapons, and he's like, well, I should send you somewhere to a competent master so they can teach you the right way. Like, you get this feeling where it's like, ooh, this guy's an emotional liability. He's he's going to die, isn't he? Yeah. Yep. But, like, some, some of them, like, the first student that gets killed was kind of shocking to me. I was just like, wow, they, yeah. they really just dispatched that guy, didn't they? And then they just drag him there and throw him in. and <laughs> Throw him in and, like, yeah. dispose of your student. And they leave. Like, Jesus, this got grim. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, I, again, I, I think uh, it's, it's, it's not patty cake is what I like. You know what I mean? I don't <laughs> like when, when they when the characters are all acting as if it's a life and death struggle, but there is actually no death in the movie. Um, you know, this one from the very beginning, you know, Oh, okay. These guys mean business. And, you know, as we see that both masters are killed, uh, both, both of the good masters are killed. 
the uh, you know pretty much everybody except for his best friend that that has a name in the movie and Ying Ying are killed. Um, Jesus, there's not many like, people left by the end of the movie. Yeah, everyone dies. Jesus, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I mean, there are students who don't die, but <laughs> nobody that's given a name really, except again, uh, you know, his friend from the that went to school with him with the old master. Um, that's the only, I think he's the only other one who really survives, right? Yeah, I think uh, so. Wow, but, that, uh, that is a big body count, actually. You know, because a lot of people die in like the last ten minutes of this movie, and they die so rapidly and so savagely that you're like, "Wait a minute, that's the whole cast." Yeah, I mean, the yeah. singer when the singer dies, she just gets like a, a chop to the forehead, yep. and it's just like, and it's like a groove in her skull when she turns around. I, I, by the way, I love those effects when the character's back is to the screen and somebody slices them, and then they spin around and you see the. The you know the, the wound on their face. Um, yeah, it's always great. But yeah, again, you know how they do it. But I just always find it uh, works for me. I, again, um, it doesn't have to be complicated to be good. You know, it's that's a mistake a well, lot of modern filmmakers are making, where it's like, yeah. oh, complicated. No, yeah. dude, simple pleasure. Being clever. Well, what what <laughs> works about it is how dramatic the person who's dying can be in that. You know, they get to do like something about spinning to the camera. You got this, and it's like. The the act of the spin helps to create the illusion of the blade slicing. You know what I mean? It creates the movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how to explain energy. it. Yeah, there's like a there's just something that just works about it. There's certain things that just work in these movies, and that's one of those moves that you see it. It's like, yep, that works. Well, you can um, kind of see a blade twirling you around if you got hit with it. You know, like there's certain yeah. kinetic energy that kind of brings you around, and like continuing that kinetic arc, like that. It's something that the actor has control of, and you're right. It, yeah. it kind of rings true when you're looking at it. It works visually. Yeah, yeah. I just always love that. It just all the little, like just the little ways that they get wounds onto people on camera. I just love. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just and uh, you know the blood splatter when people get stabbed. You know, just um, they're just very effective. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. Any other thoughts before we head out on this one, or have we covered? all of the details here. Oh man. I, I mean, I think we've, we've pretty much got all of it. Like that's, that's the movie. Um, highly recommend this one. Yeah, yeah. Like if you watch one Wuxia film, well, probably come drink with me, but if you watch a second one, it's going to be this one <laughs> King boxer, yeah. AKA what was it? Five fingers of death or whatever. Yeah. This is an essential. It really is. It's something that if you're a fan, you just, you just need to see it. And even if yeah. you're not a huge fan, it's a good one to watch if you aren't a big fan, because it is just such an accessible, good dose of what it's like well, if you just want to get a taste. Yeah, I would definitely. Yeah, yeah, you can see DNA from Star Wars in this. You can see DNA from Kill Bill. Like, you should watch mm-hmm. this just because it's part of the it's yeah. part of the RNA of all pop culture now. Yeah, if, yeah. If definitely. If you watch Kill Bill and you're, you want to see follow the reference trail, this is one of the movies that you would certainly want to see. Um, yeah. For sure. But uh, yeah, I, I, I recommend it. Again, I think um, it's just a solid classic Kung Fu movie. There's a reason why it, I think it got everything rolling. Again, you do have to look at it in the context of its time because there are movies that came later that might have developed on top of what this was doing. And so people's mm. expectations may not be the same. You know, if you, if you just saw Ip Man and you're going to go straight into this movie, just be prepared for that there's a what, three decade? I'm probably not even doing the math right, but you know what I mean. There's a. Uh, I mean, this yeah. was like early 70s. When was it, Mom? Yeah, 72. Like... This was 72. So, I mean, it's about. Uh, 80, 90, oh, geez, 40 year difference between mm-hmm. Hitman and this. So, um, yeah, I, I just be prepared for that. Because, again, I recommend these movies to people a lot. And one of the complaints I often get is the pacing. Or the sounds, people don't like sound stages. They That's jarring to them if they're not accustomed to sound stages in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and and definitely the editing. The editing is obviously going to look different. Though I, I think this is pretty sharply edited. First I was going to say, I don't, think, I, I don't think pacing would be an issue in this one. I think this movie is really well paced by any standard. But yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it, is, it is something to think about with some of these movies. But I don't yeah. know. If, if you're accustomed to... Endless explosions at the end of a movie. This might uh, be honestly, no. I I feel the opposite. I feel okay. like 
I feel like, like, you know, if you watch your average Marvel movie, mm -hmm. every fight scene is going to be 10 minutes longer than the fight scene should have been. Okay. And it's like, I find like a lot of modern movies are like, oh, it's a big action scene. It's like, it's got to keep going and going and going. Whereas in this movie, every action scene is exactly as long as yeah. it needs to be. Because I get so bored during so many modern well, action movies. You know, it's refreshing to it. Like, because again, I agree with you. I, I, you know, there's some that I like, like I liked the, I, the John Wick movies. I thought that those yeah. I, I'm example. not at all. Just uh, but a lot of them, I have the same reaction. And what I think people who maybe if they haven't explored these earlier films, like whether it's yeah. this movie or like gritty, dirty, hairy movies from the '70s or even like yeah. '80s action movies or whatever, uh, there's something different when you're planning out action with live human beings yes. and choreographing it. It, it it just feels more even if it doesn't look as real because you're not using the same scene it just feels more real like there's even yes. something as simple as like a single pop of a gun at somebody in a long standoff to me feels way more tense and realistic than something where i know they're just constantly using cgi and you know it's it's, it's yeah it, i i watched Smokey and the bandit with my brother-in-law last week which i hadn't seen since the mm. 80s and it's like yeah, just, it's just it's it's such a good movie i loved it as a kid i hadn't seen it since then and i'm like but yeah it's all cars and people in cars and yeah. people yep. driving and it's like there's no fancy special effects and it just feels great as opposed to now it'd be a cgi car yeah. flipping 300 feet into the air and and it's just like uh, this is a cartoon <laughs> or like the french connection where like they're like going, yes. they're, they're doing stuff they're not even legally supposed to be doing with car you know and uh exactly. you know and and like those you know the jackie chan movies from the 80s and 90s where people are legitimately getting hurt performing these stunts i think it you know yes. uh you know, we want blood. Well, no, it's just that there's value in going back to this stuff. Like when I tell when I tell people about old Shaw Brothers movies, one of the things I say to them is look at the feet, because in a lot of movies now, they don't show you the person's whole body because they want to disguise the physical mm -hmm. movements of what the person is doing to show you they're not as they're not as impressive as they look on camera because they're not showing you the person's whole body. If you see like a, a wide shot of martial artists in 70s movies it might look a little stiff and goofy at first to you, but once you realize, no, this person is doing all of these movements, good and bad, it really elevates your appreciation, I think, of what they're what they're achieving. And when you see somebody who's truly great, like the like the Venom mob, then then you're truly astounded. Do you know what I mean? So if you like, if you watch Shaw Brothers movies from like 1965 to like the late 70s, and you get that full experience of the evolution of the films over time, by the time you get to that level of physical performance, you know, it's like, oh my God, this is unbelievable, you know? So, um, you know, I think, uh, again, I think it's always an ask when you want people to watch these earlier movies, but this one is one that's worth checking out. Um, yeah, you don't I think what's it, like two ninety nine on Amazon? Is that? Yeah, I mean, I go buy it. What's wrong yeah. with you? Yeah, it's, it's I was, was going to rent it. It was like two bucks to buy it. I was like, oh, you know. I'll yeah, buy same. It. Yeah. It's in my library forever now because yeah. it was like a dollar. Well, and I have guys. it on DVD. Yeah, this, you can too. just buy that whole. Is it part of that? The Shaw Scope box set, too, which is just a fantastic collection of movies, too. Yeah, so if you want to buy it, buy it as physical media. Now is the time to do it. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is um, I have a pretty good physical media collection. And one of the benefits of that is it doesn't ever get taken down from a streaming service. You never lose your password. You know, it's, it's always yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. The edits are a thing that often annoy me. Um, they'll they'll yeah. change things. You'll go but even sometimes you'll go back and you'll watch a movie and it'll be something subtle, like they put up different dubs than you had up before. And it's yeah. like, you bought this thing, but you didn't ask them to make that change. You know, so it's very annoying. I, um. yeah, I, I bought the uh, Hobbit cartoon to like watch with my nephews when they were little on Amazon. And it was crazy. I bought it the worst time because I bought it and I like watched it by myself. And I'm like, oh, this is good. It's it's great. And then, uh, big, you know, somebody, it's, it's made for TV. <laughs> and then I watched it with my nephews the next day. And 
halfway through the movie, they changed the movie and suddenly they letterboxed it and cut the top and bottom off the, you know, oh so they, they yeah. letterboxed. So it was like all of a sudden you're just missing half the picture because it's, oh, it fits perfectly on the screen now, but you're like everything, that's the composition of every shot was wrong. And I was just like, ah, oh, I, you ruined this thing I already bought. It's, it's like, very frustrating. That's, that's the benefit yeah. of physical media. Anyway, I, I got to get going. Gotta yeah. Go. All right. So <laughs> All right. we will get going and we will uh, talk to everyone next time. All right.